close your eyes. You're on a beach. And you hear the soothing shush of the waves. And you look down the beach. And coming your way in slow motion, in neon orange shorts, rippling muscles, <laughs> flowing hair. Oh, it is Wayne Hunter <laughs> and Wendell Van Valen. <laughs> Watching right, out for us right on the beach this of person life. you described. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold on, the shushing of the waves. I think I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it stimulated the best in us. <laughs> uh, oh, that's Wayne over that's, there. That's yeah. Wendell over yeah, here. Yeah, this is Wayne and Wendell. And yeah. just for the record, they are wearing uh, a hoodie and a jacket, <laughs> not uh, neon orange board shorts. And neither of us yeah. have enough hair to float anywhere. <laughs> this do is you, true. Do you have neon orange board shorts? No. Have you ever ran in slow motion on the beach? <laughs> no. Uh, I have probably appeared to be in slow motion to other people, <laughs> but it was not intentional. <laughs> I'm a mountain guy. I'm not a beach guy. Have you? Uh, last question, and then we'll get down to serious. This is serious. This is <laughs> this serious is question. Serious. No. Is serious. Have you ever flexed on the beach? You know. <laughs> well, JB, every step I take is a flex. So. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well done. Welcome, uh, friends. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to our little beach. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this thing rolling. Um, so today, um, it's interesting. Wayne preaches at the Greenwood campus, and I teach on Sunday night at Pathway. And we kind of, without any collaboration or even any any conversation at all, came up with the same idea Um uh, and he unpacked it in The Temptation of Christ where in the wilderness Satan comes to him and says, if you're really the Son of God, you'll turn these stones into bread. And uh, I'll, I mean, you can speak to that in a minute. Okay. And, and then uh, I had the idea of Jesus with his disciples uh, after three years together, camping out, hiking, eating, sleeping. I mean, they're a posse. They're together all the time. He... Uh, They'd seen him do all kind of magic, you know, turn water to wine and walk on water and heal people and raise people from the dead and all this. And he gets to the end of the of the journey, and they're sitting around the table at their last meal together, and he, he starts calling them out. And he looks at one and says, you're a betrayer, you're a denier, you all are scatterers. Um, you know, he, he, he literally calls them out. And, and we would tend to think maybe he was condemning them. Um, but I see it a different way, that Jesus was saying, you've been with me three years, and I have intentionally gotten to know you, and I've also intentionally not waved a magic wand over you to change you f away from being a denier or a betrayer or a doubter or a scatterer or a squabbler or whatever. I've intentionally not done that. Uh, instead, I've just been with you. And furthermore, I'm going to make you a promise that I will never leave you. And it's better that I physically go because then I can send my spirit and he will be 
in you. And I, and I think um, the power of all that is what you need is not a magic wand. What you need is me, my presence. I believe in the power of my presence with you. Uh, press into that. Yeah, I think I think we get this idea that uh, the grace of Jesus is is His power to change us. When I think the great power of God's grace is His ability to dwell with us, yeah. to not fix us, but to abide with us through the messy and the dangerous and the uh, the awkward stuff that it means to live our lives, like He did with the disciples. Yeah. Um, you know, the temptation for the the devil said was to turn stones into bread. And I think the temptation for Jesus was to turn folks like us into saints. Uh, and rather than do that with a magic wand, he does that through the power of his presence, his grace at work in us. Uh, and and by that, he invites us, almost dares us, to be ourselves and to be not to try to be something but to trust the same way he trusts his presence yeah. to, to influence us, he wants us to trust that presence. Yeah. So it's not something that we we want to master or figure out as much as it is uh, this mysterious, this but very practical uh, living in the presence of God and being aware that he is in us and with us and with the person in front of us all the time. Well, really, if you go back to the first of the story and, and you see that God fashioned us um, to be in his image, there's stuff he knows we don't know. There's power he has we don't have. Uh, we can't be everywhere at once like he can be. There. So it certainly we're not like him in that way. Um, when it terms In terms of productivity and functionality, we know it's apples and oranges. We can't do right. it. But I, I feel like there's a, a beauty. If That's the only word I can come up with. There's a beauty of in God. That's the image we're made in. We're, we yeah. have that beauty right. in us. Right. And, and he believes in that beauty. And if we hang out with him long enough, we begin to discover that beauty in us. Yeah. And it's not what our culture says, well, he became a great evangelist or she became a great teacher or a great humanitarian, that our culture says that if you're gonna if you're gonna call yourself a believer, then you've got to do something significant, or you've got to be something significant. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it's if it's not simply no, you discover the beauty of God that's already in you, and you let that shine. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why He doesn't wave a magic wand because that is so violent. It violates this image of God in us. Yeah. It destroys this dignity yeah. uh, and makes us, you know, we were created to be, to have dominion, uh, but not the dominion of a power that subjugates or pushes around, but the dominion of that he exercises that Jesus did with his disciples uh, that, that loved them to the very end, knowing who they were, never hesitated are backed away from investing himself in them. That's how we we serve. Uh, is is how grace looks. It looks very. It is a. It is extremely powerful, but it's expressed in a way that the world 
can't understand and we can't hardly believe that loving people and investing in them so relentlessly will change will will have impact or influence on them and, and on our world. Yeah. And you you know, you almost hesitate hesitated there to use the word change. Yeah. Because we it doesn't fix them. Right. But I right. I really it doesn't change them. It brings out in them what is already there. Yeah. It's not a, a, a molecular change in them. Yeah. It's like you have the beauty, the wonder, the awe of God in you. When 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 we enter into this gracious relationship, that beauty begins to come out, and you begin to discover it. Yeah. And this interchange of of goodwill and kindness and graciousness and patience and investment, it brings out. Right. Yeah, and I think it delivers us from our fears and from our hiding places, draws us out of our caves and out of the, you know, the codependent and unhealthy relationships that we have and and uh, invites us to believe that that Christ does dwell in us. Yeah. Well, why do you, why do you live in a cave? Because I can't throw a ball as far as you, so I'm going to go hide in the cave. Yeah. I'm going to let you go ahead and throw the ball, and I'm going to hide here because I'm embarrassed that I can't throw I can't make a cake as good as them. I can't, right. you know, yeah. I, so I'm going to hide. Right. And, and, and when we realize this isn't, life is not a contest. Life right. is about a celebration of beauty. Right. And when we interact with each other, it's like we all emerge yeah. into the light. And right. It's like, wow, the beauty of God's here. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this grace creates the possibility that we can live in a life without comparison or competition. Yeah, but we can live and recognize the beauty in others. That we're not we don't have to analyze or criticize or or uh, figure out what's going on uh, in their hearts or minds, but we can simply recognize the beauty yeah. of of who they are. That of grace at work in them and in ourselves yeah, and celebrate that. Well, I mean, who of us, all three of us, I'm sure have said a number of times, I just wish I could see people the way God does. Yeah. And, and I, I wonder if it's because we haven't been looking at the right thing. Right. Well, they're not doing anything, you know, Yeah. they're, they're actually quite rude or they're quite, they're abrasive. They're not, they don't Mm -hmm. fit the mold of nice human beings. And and but we're looking for the wrong thing. Right. That that when yeah. we interact with them and we begin to love on them and love into them, I think we start to see the the beauty instead of the etiquette and protocol and right. all the stuff our culture says is important to be a decent human being. Yeah. I think you know sometimes our brokenness really stands out. And it is what people notice about us, um, and 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 grace is this ability to see past the brokenness, and or maybe see the, even see beauty in the brokenness. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. so. Good point. Yeah, yeah. They, JB, you're writing like crazy. What are you thinking, dude? <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who don't know, sometimes I just sit here and take notes on based <laughs> on what Wendell and Wayne say. Um, I'm, th- I'm thinking specifically of about situations where transformation is not possible and like how in those situations, particularly recently in my own life, like those are the situations where God has showed up. And I don't think 
before that that I would have had the maturity or the depth of faith to see that or to understand that. Uh, what I'm specifically thinking about is is my dad when my dad passed away. Yeah. There's no changing that, right? You know, right. there's no right, right. Yeah. like you know, there's no magic wand to say like, well, he's back. You right. know, like that's yeah. that's that's not how that's not how this thing works. Yeah. And um, you know, for folks that would say, with totally great intentions, you know, well, he's he's in a better place now. It's like, yeah, but he's yeah, not here. That's right. You know, and right, right. And I, you know, understand the intentions, but but for me, the the, the presence of God was made real in the presence of others mm. and like the people who, who, mm. who showed up, you know, in, in, in the midst of that, right. um, in the awkwardness of that, in, in the pain of that and just, and just sort of sat in the, in the midst. Right. Um, I have some really great friends, um, that, um, I'm going to have great friends, you know, all <laughs> over the place, but, um, some really special friends that, um, that I've shared life with for a long time. Um, there's a family in Texas and a family in California. And um, one of my friends from Texas actually flew in, mm. you know, yeah. and, and was right. there. And um, mm. that's a big deal. You know, yeah. there was no magic. There right. was no uh, transformation. You right. Know, of course, my yeah. there's nothing that's going to make my dad be alive again. Right. Um, but in the in the midst of that pain to have the presence of others where there was no attempt at transformation or no attempt right. at, mm. you know, yeah. quote unquote, mm -hmm. fixing it. Right. It's like, we're, mm. we're just going to rest in this together. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think that that's a, a good example of how that uh, does impact us and changes us because it, it doesn't change the circumstances or the situation but it, it gives to us a, a new experience of God's presence in those moments. I know that there are times, um, I was thought, thinking about this uh, in my own life, when uh, you know, we think about sitting with God and to sit with a God who is content. He's not panicked. He's not a, got an agenda he's working on, mm -hmm. that he is at peace just to sit with us. Uh, and sure, he knows all about the the pain and the hurt and the abuse and the injustice that's going on in the world. It's not that he ignores those, but I think he is so confident in the power of his grace and the unendingness of his love that he knows how this story goes. And he is content and at peace with himself and with us, even as we are where we are uh, and and that that it doesn't have to something doesn't have to be produced or happen in those moments uh, other than to to be together to be in his presence and to rec to remember that I, th I think another thing is you mentioned your friend coming from Texas um, Accidental presence is one thing. Intentional presence is another. Oh, I just happened to be in Louisville, you know, so I'll drop by the funeral home, and sit with you for a while. No, it's I'm I'm intentionally taking time out of my routine to come there. I'm not going to say anything profound. I'm not going to do anything magical, but I'll I'll just be there. And I think God is. We may forget. We say, well, God's everywhere, you know. Right. But but. 
I think we need to keep in mind that his presence with us is intentional. Right. I mean, that's why Jesus promised, I will never leave or forsake you. Right. I will send my spirit. Right. You know, he, yeah. he, he, this is not a casual, you know, right. off the cuff choice. Yeah. This is an intentional, proactive, something I'm doing. Thanks for listening to this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been hanging out with Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. The three of us serve together at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky.